Welcome to the Story Engine. The Curse of the Broken Cross In eternal darkness, beyond the warmth of the sun, among tangled roots and worms, lie the bones of the dead. Men, women and children, rich and poor, great and small, some with the scream still upon their countenance, Others resigned to despair, their end, sweet relief from a world where misery had become drudgery. There remains of a roaring feast left to be trod into mud. If bones could speak, they would warn of the wickedness that sent them to their graves. Rivers of blood drowning men alive. Flying creatures, half-beast, half-engine, breathing fire. They would tell of smoldering kilns, belching black smoke, stoked by human flesh. If they could speak. Their story begins with the great city of Turingi, a western land of forests and mountains People once known as fearsome warriors, ruled by giants, living earth gods who commanded forests, mountains, and men. But no more. Their kings had ruled earthen mounds for centuries. Glory dulled by the winds of time, a legacy barely remembered, rarely retold. Trickled from this house of warrior kings came Adolphus. And while Turingi's new leader had none of the stature of his ancestors, he had their blood in his heart. Turingi had long forgotten their giants and earthen gods. They had since turned to the spirits in the skies. For generations, the golden star and the healing father gave peace and hope in hard times. And hard times they had, families with no food to eat, children begging in the streets. They turned to their leader for relief from this infection. They dreamed of a day when their nation stands proud. A day when Turingi is powerful again. Adolphus scorned the weak, invisible sky gods who ruled by kindness. These foreign gods had led his people astray, weakened them. They had caused Turingi's decline he would bring back Turingi's real gods, the Earth Gods. His conjurers and magicians told him of the spirits of his ancestors, the mighty Winter Wolf, keeper of the dreaded Broken Cross, the spirit asleep in the earth for a thousand years when woken would bring a powerful force. This spirit had followed Turingi's heroes to battle, to victory. This great force had once ruled Turingi and would rule them again. Atolphus traveled to the earthen tombs of his forefathers. Hoisting a mossy boulder, he descended among blackened bones. Glowing sun poured a shock of light into the gloom. A cool wind breathed life into the shadows, 
awakening the kings of Turingi from icy sleep. In his steps, cloaken priests stirred the spirits with ancient tongues. The winter wolf, now before him, hissed. So you have come to restore my glory. Worship the broken cross, and your people shall be rewarded for their loyalty. He rose in a terrible flame. Deep in the flickering glow, Adolphus saw his nation, an army of knights in shining mail, chariots and flying engines, his army marching across a plain in perfect lines, not the barbarian hordes of his ancestors, but a machine, an industry of power, an unstoppable force from a craggy clifftop, a throne carved in the head of a wolf above him. The mighty broken cross sent rays of power into the hearts of his people. He awoke from his dream, the high priest before him, in his arms an infant with no face, limbs of root and dirt. Take this mandrake as your child, said the priest. It holds great power. Protect it. Obey it. It will guide you to victory. He gazed deep into the creature's face. This mandrake asks for sacrifice. Terrible sacrifice. Grant it without question. These gods value only loyalty and bravery. Cowardice will not be tolerated. While Adolphus was conjuring the spirits of his ancestors in the east, a man with a heart of steel known as the Great Uncle ruled the nation of Muscovia, a land of vast prairies with long, windy winters. Muscovians, like the Turingi, were a hardy people who united under powerful kings to defend their hard-tilled and unforgiving tundra. As always, when poor crops and bad weather left Muscovia hungry, their people turned to their leader. Look at the kingdom of Turingi, they said to the great uncle. Their leader has asked a powerful god to help them. Where is ours? Foolish stories of wintry wolves and earth gods disgusted him. His nation had long done away with priests and magic. Great uncle believed true power lied in the hearts and men and women. We don't sacrifice to a barbarian god, he said to his people. We sacrifice to each other. We are strongest when united as one. Muscovians feared their stubborn leader, but trusted him. No mystical powers would save them. They had only themselves. As one, they would serve under a single banner, the red flag, the color of fire and blood. Meanwhile, the Turingi began to worship their ancient gods. Seduced by the broken cross, they built majestic temples, rejecting all other gods. In return, 
they received a powerful force of strength and will. With the spirit deep in his heart, Adolphus began to think of ways to use their power. With no wife or child, at night he cradled his beloved mandrake. The faceless earth baby spoke a mystic tongue. Your people are strong, the child said. But there are traitors among them. Traitors, you say? replied Adolphus. They are easy to find, continued the child. They do not truly worship the broken cross. Our flame must burn clear. Cast away the weak, the impure. Cast away the followers of the golden star. Cast away those who worship the healing father. Cast away the weak who darken our fire so we can burn white. Adolphus obeyed. Harder than ever, Turingi bowed to the broken cross. Those who did not were forced to wear a mark upon their clothes so they may be known as traitors. Slowly, one by one, they disappeared. To reward his people for their loyalty and sacrifice, he made a promise. Together we will build an army. An army of giants. The most powerful army the world has seen. We need land. Turingi land. That once belonged to our warrior kings. If they do not give it back, we shall take it from them as it was taken from us. The people roared with excitement. Such power had sorely been missed. The world could be theirs. A good world, a clean world. Without horrible past, only glorious future. Plans began at once. Great uncle did not like what he saw from his old friend Adolphus. He did not like his strange gods and their horrible sacrifices. And most of all, he did not like the hideous black-clad army and the way it looked towards his kingdom. He wrote a letter to Adolphus. How long have we been neighbors and brothers? Our nations have grown in each other's shadows for centuries. My people may appear weak to you, but I assure you, they do not fall easily. For a thousand years, conquering armies have come to our gates, only to find a wintry grave. If it is land you seek, find it from your western neighbors. We have nothing of yours. Adolphus laughed at these words. My armies shall practice their aim first on some smaller prey. I will save Muscovia for my final act. Adolphus raised the most powerful army the world had seen. Columns, marching as far as the eye could see. Knights in shining armor on horses of solid steel. Winter birds with roaring engines. Machines to blacken the skies and scorch the earth. His men would thrust a deadly ram to every city gate they came to. In a fantastic ceremony, Adolphus 
stood before his soldiers from every corner of his land. Their helmets glistened by flaming torches as they swore loyalty to Adolphus himself. Beacons lit either side of the podium. The great broken cross filled the sky. Uniformed men waited for their leader to speak. You are the chosen ones. Your greatest weapon is your destiny. Make this sacrifice for me, for Turingi. The world will be yours. You shall return as kings. With these magic words in their ears, the army was unstoppable. Some nations stood up in vain, only to lay down their weapons at first sight of the dreaded broken cross. Turingi conquered west to the shores of every ocean. Adolphus kept all the promises he made to his people, and in turn, they made great sacrifices to their gods. And sacrifice was not easy. Mothers gave husbands and sons to the army, never to return. Good people betrayed good people, taken away by soldiers in the night, never to return. Loyalty and sacrifice pleased the earth gods. Why then did Adolphus want more? The great uncle watched in horror as nations fell to his murderous neighbor. But he knew his people were safe. Adolphus would find more western lands to please his gods. The mighty island kingdom would keep the broken cross busy. Adolphus sent winged warriors to drop fire upon the island kingdom. His warships and shark boats swarmed the seas to encircle them. But the prime lord of the island kingdom did not cower. He called out to every man, woman, and child. Fight them in the seas and the oceans, he said sternly to his people. Defend your island, whatever the cost. Fight them on the beaches, fight in the fields, in the streets. Never surrender! Never surrender! The battle raged on, and Adolphus became impatient. At night, the ghastly mandrake, in his mystical voice, demanded more sacrifice. Our flames burn hot as the sun, he murmured. Kill with a sudden blow! Strike the enemy where he least expects. The gods will guide you. But the island kingdom did not fall. Adolphus needed victory, not war. Surrounded by priests and generals, he pounded his fist upon the map. I shall have my victory! If not from the prime lord, then from the great uncle. His monstrous finger pointed to the east. An older general dared to speak, but Adolphus, our armies will be divided on two fronts. Muscovia will take all of our efforts to cowardice! Adolphus snapped. We shall march on Muscovia quickly and quietly. Once we kick in the door, the whole house will come falling down. Preparations were made at once. Adolphus's soldiers gathered from every corner of the new empire and 
just as in his vision. A powerful army marched across a vast plain. The mighty winter wolf and the broken cross burned a light into their hearts. An unstoppable force marching towards destiny. The great uncle watched the terrifying war machine approach. Adolphus has lost his mind, he thought. His gods will surely not follow him here. But he had a plan. This was not the first powerful army to march upon Muscovia. He knew an attack would take months to reach his gates. Their forbidding prairies and deathly winters were their greatest weapon. Adolphus was sure victory would be his in no time. He moved his men quickly over the bleak, featureless wasteland. Towns, trees, then water became scarce. Farther they traveled, farther they were from home. Slowly, they fell into the trap. End of part one. When we continue our story in part two, Adolphus's army will have reached the other side of the vast plain. But the greatest battle is yet to come. For the great uncle, too, wields a mighty force of destiny. And we shall see these two meet. This is the story engine. The story is written and read by Tristan Verboven. Additional production by Jeff Carley. And special thanks also to our technician, Sarah de Guzman.